Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course that's why you're a story jumper In the first book of the Tree Street Kids series, 10-year-old Jack is shocked to discover his parents are moving from their rural homestead to the boring suburbs of Chicago. Full of energy and determination, Jack devises a plan to get himself back to his beloved farmhouse forever. Only three things stand in his way. A neighbor in need, a shocking discovery, and tornado season. Will Jack find a solution? Or is God up to something bigger than Jack can possibly imagine? Amanda Cleary Estep is not related to Beverly Cleary, but wishes she were. She is, however, a children's writer, and The Tree Street Kids is her debut series. Amanda knows kids because she's still one at heart. When she is forced to act like an adult, she edits nonfiction books for grown-up authors. Enjoy this reading of Jack vs. the Tornado by Amanda Cleary Estep. Chapter 1. The Worst Birthday Present Ever For my 10th birthday, I got the worst present ever. We moved. The day after the ice cream cake and new gym shoes, my mom and dad packed up the farmhouse where we'd lived my whole life and kerplunked us into the suburbs of Chicago. My new town, Kingsgrove, is only 40 miles away from the farm, but it feels like a million. Moving is worse than getting socks and underwear for your birthday. Here's what you can't pack when you move. The freedom to toss metal coffee cans into the air and shoot them with a BB gun. My favorite chicken, Henrietta, who sits on my lap and even survived a tornado. The way the sun sets behind our barn and turns the distant farm buildings into black silhouettes against the blazing orange sky. And we couldn't pack my grandparents, for obvious reasons, who we had lived with on the farm in Goodnow all my life. They stayed to spruce up the place before they put it up for sale and moved too. They said the farm was just getting to be too much. That's grown-up code for too much work and too much money. But the worst thing? I couldn't pack the best fort in the world, the hayloft in our barn. It was one, two, three, four, five, six, creak, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven steps up the wooden ladder, then a hop over the top of the ladder into the wide open space under the towering ceiling of wood timbers. Since my grandparents had sold their milk cow and horse a few years ago, the loft wasn't stacked with bales of hay anymore. I guess the only animal 
left in the barn was Grandpa Ernie's old brown Ford Bronco. So the hayloft was all mine. Except for two giant electric Christmas candles and Midge, my little sister. I had to let her play up there sometimes. Luckily, she doesn't like dolls. And when I frown and say, do not touch my stuff, she doesn't. I had the hayloft set up just right. Plastic crates for chairs, eight cinder blocks, and a piece of plywood for a table, and the bucket seat out of a long-gone car. My grandpa had built the barn and the hayloft door by hand when my dad was a kid. The door's oak wood, sanded smooth and stained brown as a big chocolate bar, was almost too fancy for a barn. Across the middle of the door, Grandpa had carved a Bible verse. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. The verse is about Abraham, the father of the Hebrew people. When God told him to go to a new place, Abraham obeyed even though he didn't know where he was going. Kind of like moving to the suburbs. On the night before the move, I sat with my family around the kitchen table after dinner. Mom lit the lopsided one and zero candle stuck into the top of the still-frozen cake, and everyone sang. I squeezed my eyes shut till it hurt, made an impossible wish, sucked in a massive breath, and Midge belted out the classic you belong in the zoo verse. Then I blew out the candles. My family clapped, even more enthusiastically than they usually do at birthdays. But it didn't make me feel better that my wish hadn't come true. Of course. Moving boxes were still stacked up around us, ready to be packed into the moving truck in the morning. I just smiled the way I do in school pictures every year, like I'm supposed to be happy, even when there's such a thing as math. Once the celebration was over, I velcroed on my new gym shoes and headed outside to the chicken coop to retrieve Henrietta. The wind was whipping up, rustling the fields of shin-high corn stalks. This was tornado season. I tucked Henrietta safe and sound into my backpack, and hurried to the barn so I could watch my last sunset. I grabbed my camping lantern off a nail on the wall and climbed up the ladder into the loft. I switched on the lantern and set it on the edge of the hayloft floor near the top of the ladder, so I would be able to see my way back once the sun went down. I had brought Henrietta to keep me company. I couldn't imagine leaving her behind when we moved. I wondered if chickens could miss people. Will you miss me? I asked her. She popped her head out of the backpack. Buck. <laughs> I'll miss you too. I set the backpack on the floor. I let Henrietta go to peck at whatever bugs were hiding between the loft floorboards. Then I dragged the bucket seat closer to the hayloft door. Two years ago, on my eighth birthday, I'd carved my initials J.F. Jack Finch and the date, June 2nd, 1993, near the bottom of the door with the pocket knife I got. The letters and numbers were carved right below the initials my grandpa and my dad had carved in the 1970s 
when Grandpa made the door and Dad was a kid my age. E.F. for Ernie Finch and H.F. for Howie Finch. They had faded on account of being old. The initials, not Grandpa and Dad. Grandpa had rigged up the hayloft door with a long rope tied to the handle so I could pull the door shut. To secure it, I just had to drop the iron hook dangling from the door jamb into the eye hook attached to the door. I sat on the edge of the bucket seat and flipped open my pocket knife. I set the tip of the blade against the lower corner of the door, right below the JF I had carved two years ago. I slowly dug into the wood. Still home. 95. I snapped the knife shut and pushed open the door with my foot. I gently scooped up Henrietta, who was pecking next to me, set her on my lap, and sat back to watch the sunset. Henrietta was more like a cat than she was a chicken, more like a pet than she was breakfast or dinner. Although I did have to keep reminding my grandma of that. Grandma Josephine is more farmer than pet lover, more about fried chicken than cuddling chickens. Henrietta could sit still for an hour as long as I stroked her back and didn't fidget too much. She clucked softly as I watched dark clouds march in and take over the yellows and oranges that had settled on the horizon. A gust of wind rushed in behind the clouds and slammed the hayloft door against the outside wall of the barn. I jumped out of the bucket seat to grab the end of the rope before it snaked outside and out of my reach. Henrietta fluttered up into the air in a cloud of white feathers and frustration. Sorry, Hen. I snatched the end of the rope. Hand over hand, I took up the slack. A little more, a little more, until I was in a tug of war with the wind. The rope was now almost short enough for me to pull the door totally shut and latch the hook. Whoosh! The wind grabbed the edge of the door and threw it open again. But I didn't let go of the rope. The door swung wide and yanked me with it. I belly flopped onto the floor and nearly halfway out of the hayloft door. I stared down at the water puddling in the black mud far below. Rain pelted the back of my head. The wind tore at my t-shirt. I let go of the now useless rope. I clutched at the edge of the barn floor, digging into the top of my ribs to keep myself from falling all the way out. Carefully, I inched myself backward until more floor than air was underneath my chest. Then, something landed on my back with a heavy thump. Henrietta. She was freaking out. Her claws scratched through my t-shirt and her wings beat at me. Hen! You are not helping. Finally, getting my hands underneath my shoulders, I heaved myself backward, sending Henrietta fluttering into the air again, just as the hayloft door flew back and slammed shut. The door kept banging like something was trying to get in. At least we were both safe inside. Real quick, I told God thanks. For a second... I could swear I heard a voice mixed in with all the wind and rain. God? I cautiously crawled back toward the door. I had to get it latched. I had to protect my fort. Then I heard the voice again, this time inside the barn and right below the loft. Jack! 
Someone was grabbing my shirt and dragging me backward toward the ladder. Dad, there's a tornado warning on TV, he yelled into my ear. Dad started down the ladder first. I have to get Hen, I shouted. That wasn't going to be easy. She was scurrying around the loft like, well, a chicken with her head cut off. Chasing her made it worse. Her squawking almost drowned out the howl of the wind. Jack, we have to leave her. Dad had started to climb back into the loft. I didn't want to leave him, but I didn't want my dad risking his neck too, and I didn't want to disobey him. So I said another prayer and followed him down the ladder. I climbed down so fast my feet barely touched the rungs. I glanced up for one last check on Henrietta. Now she was perched on the edge of the loft. The bright lantern light cast a giant chicken shadow behind her. She would have looked pretty awesome if she hadn't been screeching, like, well, a big chicken. Feeling desperate, I held out my arms. She jumped, wings flapping madly. I caught her. Mostly she landed on me again and I wrapped her up tight in the bottom of my t-shirt. Then, Dad and I sprinted out of the barn and into the night. A hard rain bombarded us like a water balloon attack as we bolted across the backyard toward the farmhouse. Mom was waiting inside with the back door open. The warm light of the kitchen flickered on and off behind her. She waved us on wildly. Not that that would get us there any quicker. Dad, my chicken, and I tumbled into the kitchen, drenched but safe, and Mom slammed the door on the storm. Wow, I can't imagine having to escape an oncoming tornado like Jack and his family. This is crazy. I'm joined by the author of Jack vs. the Tornado, Amanda Cleary Estep. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing really well. All right, so first... I'm great, but I got to know, is Jack, are, are they going to be okay? I mean, this is a tornado. Yeah, everyone will be okay. Okay. Whew. There's a happy ending. Well, that's a relief. That is a relief. Now, have you ever lived through a tornado like Jack? I have. I have lived through two. Um, so I was in one when I was, my family was coming back from a, a camping trip and it was nighttime. And um, my dad and mom were, were driving and my brother and I were in the, the little camper and um, and I, I had fallen asleep. And I thought I just I woke up to to noise and to um, my, my parents worried voices. And um, and suddenly they were pulling us out of the camper and it, it was ever, it was pitch black. It was nighttime when we were coming back and they. Uh, the rain was hitting us and we, they actually put us down and we were out in the country. So they, they put us down into a ditch and laid over my brother and I um, to protect us. So um, then when the storm passed, I found out later on that, that my dad was having trouble even keeping the vehicle on the road because of, of the wind and everything uh, whipping around. And we, um, we kind of, we, once we were safe and got back into, into our, our car, our truck, um, my father drove to the nearest farmhouse, an older couple took us in 
and wrapped us in warm towels and kept us safe and helped us settle down a little bit. (laughs) Wow. What a harrowing experience. That's very scary. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. And, uh, and, and your brother, does he remember it the same way that you do, or does he have his own stories that he tells? Well, you know, it's funny. My, my parents remember it differently. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that this was something interesting that my father remembered um, that I didn't. He just told me this recently. Now, this is many, many years ago. Right. He said that when we were down in the ditch, he could hear me praying. Oh, wow. I was just a little girl. I was probably eight or nine, and I was praying. And uh, he remembered that, and I didn't. Wow. And I'm sure that your prayers comforted everybody in that moment, you know, whether they, wow, how scary. And is that the only one that you've ever been through? No, the second one, I was older, so it was probably maybe more like Jack's age or a little bit older, maybe 11 or so. And we lived out in the country, and a lot of tornadoes happen <laughs> out in these wide open spaces in the Midwest where I live. And we had a barn that my grandfather and father were in the middle of building. And so terrible storm was brewing, and um, we can't even remember if we went down into the basement or if we even slept through it, but the the wind was howling. It was just horrible. And again, this was nighttime, so we couldn't see. You know, know, that's kind of scary too when you can't see what's happening in the dark. Um, You just hear all this noise and um, rain and wind. Our neighbor called us, the, the farm next door called us, called my parents and said, have you looked outside? Your barn is gone. And um, and this was devastating. So upsetting for my parents because they were having a, a pretty hard time. Um, um, I think my dad wasn't working very much. And it was just a hard, uh, just a hard year. Mm-hmm. And then the barn went down. Mm-hmm. Um, it was twisted. We could see where it had, the, the tornado had just twisted it right out of the foundation. Um, There were big beams that my father and my grandfather had bolted down into the foundation and the the tornado just twisted it. Amazing. um, But thankfully our, our house was fine. We were fine. Mm -hmm. And it ended up really kind of being a a blessing in disguise because Mm. um, yeah, the insurance paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and really, it really kind of saved my my parents. This this yeah. tragedy ended up helping my parents in the long run. So wow, well, that's good that it did work out in the mm-hmm. end. What would you say are some of your best tips for surviving a tornado? Have you got any that you can pass on in case I have one headed my way? Right. Well, you know, nowadays there's much more of a early warning system. I think even more so than there was when I was a kid. And we did have tornado sirens, but sometimes you couldn't hear them, especially when you're out in the country. So I think mostly it's it's just be alert to your surroundings and and take things seriously. The weather is is an amazing creation of God and it's 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 powerful. And um, so to to really respect that it, it has a lot of power to to do good things, but also to do some damage and, and just to. Um, you know, take cover, <laughs> take cover when you can, if a big storm storm is coming. Yeah. I know you mentioned getting down in a ditch when, when mm-hmm. you were driving by the side of the road 
And then, of course, I think some of us might be familiar with the scene of people going down into bunkers or down into cellars, mm -hmm. uh, if that's possible. But right, I, yeah. So yeah. we, when we had a basement, we would go. Oh, we would always go down in the basement. This, this mm -hmm. just a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was with my parents. You're like a bad storm magnet. I, I, <laughs> I know. How does that happen? I don't know. Someone told me, <laughs> "Don't write about hurricanes." Right. <laughs> so, but well, here's a funny story, Andrew. I was doing my first book reading just a few weeks ago. My first book reading and book signing in person. Now that the you know the pandemic was over, and we we got all set up. And my daughter said, "Mom, guess what?" And I I'm like, "What? I'm about to do a, a reading and a signing of Jack versus the Tornado." And my daughter says, "There's a tornado warning." <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, One of your star characters showed up. Right. So, the, <laughs> yeah, he wanted all this attention. He's such an attention so. hog. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the book signing and the end of the book signing. Tornado That's warnings. Crazy. Wow. That but is nuts. Everyone was safe. So, that was that was good. So, in in the portion of the story that we listen to, Jack has to leave his childhood home. And I'm wondering, have you, when you were a child, did you ha have to leave your childhood home? I did. We moved a couple times, and one one big move was to the to the house where that that second tornado <laughs> happened. And I I did grow to love that house, but moving is tough. It's and I just I was a, the kind of kid that I didn't like uncertainty. I didn't like change. And I don't know that a lot of us really do, but leaving your the the, the block you grow up on, the um, the friends that are across the street, that's just that's hard and sad. I wasn't even leaving the town I grew up in; it was just a different location in the town. But I was still it was just very traumatic for me. And um, and I noticed that my my son, I have three children, and. Um, and he's he's kind of the same way. He's and and he's a, Jack's a, a bit based on on my son and 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 on me. I think you know. Neat. That's neat. Yeah, it can be upsetting to leave what you know and go into something new. And yeah. um, you know, that's where I started to wonder about Jack's grandpa. I wanted to know more about him from this first chapter because he wrote an inscription or he kind of carved it into the wood of the barn, right? Right. Um, by faith, he made his home in a foreign land. Why do you think Jack's grandpa carved that verse into the barn beam in the first place? Right. He So, yeah, he carved that into the, the special door he makes for the hayloft in their barn. And um, I had some more backstory. Backstory is the the story that is kind of behind the main story. If you're a writer, Um Sometimes you'll have a backstory about a character that you don't include in the book. And so I had started to include a little bit more of that backstory. And, and then I cut it out because it was, slowing, it was slowing things down a little bit. But I really had more, a little bit more of an immigrant story for him that he had come from, um, had made a big move as a young man. And, um, and just, re, you know, the story that, he, when he came from another country, that he knew that that God was with him during that that journey. 
So I might, have, I might have to bring that up a little bit later. Um, yeah, another another episode with his grandfather. Well, that's interesting because that means that Jack's grandfather might be experiencing some of the same emotions that Jack is having to face now. Mm-hmm. So. Right. And in, in book four, which I'm working on right now, um, there will be another move because in book one, you find out that Jack's grandparents are selling the farmhouse. And that's one of the reasons, um, because Jack and his parents and his little sister Midge live with their grandma and grandpa. And it's also the house that his dad, that Jack's dad grew up in. So the whole family has lived there for a very long time. So that's a, yeah, it's a big change for the children and the adults. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You mentioned Midge. Uh, That's a cool name. What a neat name. One of the other names that stood out to me was Henrietta. Yes. She's the chicken. Yes, that's so great. What a, that's such a neat pet. Like, what what a cool pet to have. Um, I, it got me wondering, what is your favorite pet? I am very much a dog person. Okay, I don't, I don't have a dog right now. I do. I do love dogs. I love that they're so fun and they're so loyal and they just love you so unconditionally. And, um, and they're silly. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much a dog person. I've had lots of different pets. I mean, when I, I was a kid, I had hermit crabs, oh, neat. goldfish, um, we had chickens, we mm-hmm. had geese. Um, they weren't really pets, but I still loved animals. Um, one of the reasons my dad built that barn that we lost in the tornado was so I could have a horse. Oh. Not, <laughs> I never did. We just parked the car in there, but right. <laughs> Well, I know I used to have ferrets at one time. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting pet if you ever have right. a ferret. But yeah. I'm also a dog and cat person. Yeah. You know, I would love to have a rabbit. Oh, yeah. I would really like to have a big old cuddly rabbit. Yeah. My, my son and daughter have two little rabbits, right? Well, they're mm-hmm. not little anymore. They get big pretty fast. Just be prepared for that if you go get some bunnies. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And I would love chickens again. I'm that's my plan is to have some chickens. So. Yeah, can you have chickens where you live? Well, right now, speaking of moving, we're in transition. Um, we're staying with my my family. We're staying with my parents because um, I sold my place, and my husband and I are trying to find some acreage, and um, and so we can have a big garden and nice chickens and yeah. And that horse. Chickens is my dream. That's not my husband's dream. No. <laughs> You could still, you could get that horse still. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's in the plan. I might be moving more toward a cow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you, you lead this life as a writer and I know that some of the story jumpers love to read stories mm. and that means that, you know, they might also be inclined to want to write some of their own stories. So let me ask, how do you come up with the story ideas that you, you put into these books, um, into the Tree Street series and, you know, Jack and all of his adventures? Where do those story ideas come from? Mm-hmm. That's a popular question, isn't it, for writers? We, we get asked that a lot. Well, you can tell from just what I've been talking about that I've, I've pulled a lot of my ideas just from my own life. So just certain experiences. And I didn't realize that 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 being in that tornado and that situation had affected me or that it would stay with me all my life because that happened many, many years ago. And, and for it to show up later in a book that really my first published children's book um, is really interesting. And, um, 
and so I think it's just one one thing is that it's it's a way that I think God shows us that he uses our experiences um, to help other people. So something that I experienced as a child is now in my book and might help um, another child process through through that if something similar has happened to them. But so, Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of personal experience. And um, that's yeah, sometimes ideas that like I like to do a lot of research. Mm -hmm. um, And so does my daughter. And uh, a lot of scientific kind of she she's an environmental biologist. And so she she's always, you know, coming up with all these crazy facts. And um, so I pull a lot of that into the books as well. Neat. Interesting. So you find something strange or interesting about nature and then you dive in for more research. Right. That's very cool. I think you have to stay curious, you know, even as Mm -hmm. as an adult and especially as a writer, you just have to be curious about things. Um. God's God's made an amazing, um, just an amazing world. And it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. From from the big storms to the tiny little creatures, it's yeah. all these amazing creations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, what what are some fun things that the story jumpers can grab from your website that are related to Jack versus the tornado? Well, on TreeStreetKids.com, which is the main website, I have a personal website too. But um, they'll be able to, if they go to TreeStreetKids.com, grab some of the printables. And what the printables are, and those are free downloads um, that parents can print and the kids could um, t- could cut up. So in the books, in the print books, now these these aren't in the audio books. So if people get the audio books, um, the fun facts aren't aren't read. So they can get uh, go to the website and get these. But they're basically um, in the books right now. We have Midge's phenomenal facts, which are fun little science facts. Um, we have Ellison's bookmark, which are different little literature um, literature facts, and then we have Roger's riveting history. So these are all fun little things that I pull out and that are specific to the different kids. And there's five kids in the Tree Street Kids mm-hmm. series, so they're specific to them. And um, and I I do a lot of research. I make sure those are all cited so that um, parents who want to make sure that, oh, these are, these are legit researched facts. Um, mm-hmm. There's citations in there to, uh, to back support. that up. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, I took a look at those printables and they were, they were cool. I, uh, I really liked Ellison's bookmarks because mm-hmm. he has some good suggestions for other reading. Right. Really good suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, Ned, there's also, I found on your website, a five-day devotional, uh, Life Lessons for Anxious Kids. Yes. And so that that looked really cool, too. It was with uh, Jack and his friends as they faced different challenges and, and how they moved through those. So I thought that was a really good resource, too. So I appreciate right. you for creating those. Yeah, that's available for free at Version, which is an app a lot of people use. And... It's it's based on the story. So there's five fictional little vignettes and they're very similar to Jack versus the tornado, but they're also kind of their own little standalone stories. So if you if you read the book um, and then you do the devotional, it'll be familiar, but it'll kind of be new. So which is neat is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is cool. And tie it right into your faith and learn from the word while you're going along. That's Right. And if you haven't read the book, you don't need to, to mm-hmm. understand the story. So very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with Story Jumpers and share this fun first chapter. 
I am still like nervous about how Jack and his family are going to escape this tornado, but you, you, you promise it's going to work out. I'm going to trust you. I promise. So now I just have to go read the rest of it and find out how. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And we hope that maybe you can come back again another time, share another tree street kid story. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, very cool. The Hunt for Fang is also out. So you'll have another book if you if you like Jack versus the Tornado. There's another one waiting for you. <laughs> Excellent. Amanda, thanks so much. Thanks, Andrew. This was super fun. Parents, the Tree Street Kids live on cherry, oak, maple, and pine. But their 1990s suburban neighborhood isn't all quiet tree-lined streets. Jack, Ellison, Roger, Ruthie, and Midge Find adventure in every creek and cul-de-sac, and God's big love in one small neighborhood. The first two books in this four-book middle-grade series, ages 8 to 10, are released from Moody Publishers. Amanda's children's writing has been published in Ladybug, The Friend, Sunday School Curriculum, and at Story Warren. As a longtime writer, she's contributed to Christianity Today, Think Christian, and many other print and online publications. She is a member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, and she leads writing workshops at her local teen center. Learn more about her books at treestreetkids.com. 